Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to See Also. I'm Brody Lancaster. And I am Kate Jinks. We have got a very special poodle today. It's devoted to one of our favorites. It's But I'm a Cheerleader. But we're joined by a special guest for this episode who is just as obsessed with it as we are. Her name, she has a name, it's Zoe Coombs Marsh. She's a comedian, performer, and writer. She was our very first guest on See Also BL. First returning guest. It's quite, it's quite a feat. Yeah. Quite a feat. Nepo guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Look, she's won numerous awards. She won Best Show at the Mong International Comedy Festival. She's staged major theatre work. She's performed all over the world. And you can watch her special, her comedy special, all around the world. Also, it's called Bossy Bottom and it is on Amazon. But more recently, uh, she did make a show that has come up a couple of times on our pod BL. Mm-hmm. It's called Queer Australia. It's a landmark three-part documentary series looking into the untold and fascinating queer history of Australia. She is also, as you say, Nepo guest. She's a girlfriend of the pod. <laughs> Award-winning girlfriend, Jinxie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for being a girlfriend. Anyway, welcome, <laughs> Zoe. Hi. Thanks for having me. That was surreal. Yeah, good. I mean, there's so much. I can't believe you said I don't win an award for best girlfriend. Well, you haven't won it yet. I could. That's true. You've never given me a mug. Something to aspire to. World's best girlfriend. No, the only mug uh, with printing that we like here at Sea also is the world's best dad mug that Lydia Tarr has. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Petra's father. Ich Petra's bin father. You are da von Petra. You are Poodle's father. Well, oh, yeah. parent. <laughs> <laughs> ich bin der Vater von Top Chef. Oh, there you go. Wow. A classic Poodle episode German moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Zoe, welcome back to See Also. We did want to get you on to talk about Queer Australia. You have been a little busy. I've been a little busy, yeah, with the queers, the damn queers. They keep you busy. Oh, my God. (laughs) They're they're running me off my feet, the queers. Um, Bless them. No, I love them. I watched it. I watched all three hours. Did you? Yeah, I learned so much. It whizzes by, doesn't it? I learned a lot and I laughed a lot. Yeah, well, it's... I also felt a lot. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. Uh, Dance like no one's watching. Make make, Make a documentary. Research history like no (laughs) one's watching it. Yeah. (laughs) But then they did. Then they did. People did watch it. Yeah, It's so it's... um. For the people listening who don't know it, who aren't you guys, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a documentary about the queer history of Australia. So it's all of these stories about like gay bush rangers and lesbian. There's so much that's not in it as well. So much didn't make it in. My favorite story that didn't make it in is the lesbian convict gangs. They get a brief mention, but we really couldn't go into detail because it was like once you scratch the surface, it was just so much bunk hopping and Ooh. like intrigue they were starting riots because one of their girlfriends got put in and it was like colonial l word it was so <laughs> <laughs> that's the elevator pitch or like yeah. what's that what's that tv australian tv show about wentworth yeah like wentworth but ned kelly a hundred percent yeah it was like this whole like it was so involved at lesbian like dyke drama but with bonnets and oh, um, we didn't get to touch what a on shame. as much of that as I wanted to. Well, spin-off drama series, hello. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just with the cast of Wentworth. Yeah. They're all like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> They're all like welding helmets for themselves. It's weird. I find it really weird to talk about because it was such, it was like my whole entire life. And Kate's too. For mm-hmm. quite some oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Turns out making a doco is really hard. It's <laughs> like, that's, oh, okay. You oh, uncovered that's... a lot of like newspaper articles about like the gal pals of early Australian Southern South. And that also, we had to like edit that right down. Like there's just so many of them. And there's mm. a, there's also a lot of really prominent Australians who um, weren't, who were like the first governor of Queensland lived in a, um relationship with his i think it was like it's like the governor of queensland it was like the attorney general or that like the oh it was he was like the first governor of queensland and someone quite high up in his cabinet but they mm. were in a relationship for a long mm. time well they they were they were bachelors who lived together they were roommates <laughs> they were very confirmed bachelors <laughs> Bachelors, bacheloring together, and they were buried together. And, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mm. You know, mm. mate stuff. Mm. I, I look, I love all the history of it. I love all the archives, obviously. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite things about it was watching Magda Sabansky school you on the Zodiac. Are they still doing it? Are the lesbians still doing it? And you were like, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Magda was really like, She's she's really she's really into astrology, but it's also as we talk about like astrology is just a really useful way to talk about other things. I don't believe in it, but you know I believe in it. Yeah, you don't believe in it because you're a cusp sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, Magda doesn't believe in a cusp. She was like, no, "You're Scorpio." Ah, I love that you say cusp sign like it's a slur. You <laughs> <laughs> cusp. <laughs> I just think it's an easy thing for people who are cuspy to say. I'm cuspy. To be like, yeah, it is the real C word. No, to be like, <laughs> oh, I don't believe in it because. Uh huh. Yeah. You are. What is your date again? Ca- uh, 30th of January. So I'm Capricorn Aquarius cusp. 
Mm, no, you are f- you are full. That's not you're cusp, full. isn't it? Like, doesn't it switch over on like the twenty? Yeah, it's only Maybe, if you're on the twenty first or twenty second. Very cappy. Capo. <laughs> Sponsored by Cappy. Yeah, the other sea world. It's very Cappy sparkling water. What are Cappies like? I don't know. I think uh, apparently it's very Aquarius of me to say I don't care about star signs. That's which I resent. I think that's very most of the signs, except for yeah. probably Leo. <laughs> I think Capricorns like, like a- organized list makers. Hmm. Oh, you do love a spreadsheet. We got you here to talk about a film today, but before we get to it. In your research, was there like a kind of history of queer Australian cinema that you came across as part of your research? Um, there wasn't. There was not a lot of um, research done. There was sort of little lists that were people had compiled at like the NFSA and at the um, the queer archives. We did find at one point there was a um, we you know did some call outs to the we were sort of sifting through the archives and the nfsa said it's this one thing they're like <laughs> it was like a homemade porn from like like the maybe the 1920s or maybe oh my God. earlier or like maybe like 1914 or something you, have you seen? You do see that. You showed it to me. Yeah. Camera work was involved. It's that. just like real. It's like it's silent, and it's like someone um, is cranking in the corner. Yeah, and it's three. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like under a blanket, yeah. in a box. Like, and it's these three. Right, right. Box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm cranking. Well, it's a bit of a box set actually because it's oh. a threesome, and it's these three women having the most hectic, uncomfortable looking. <laughs> sex inverted commas that I've ever seen they're just kind of like rubbing each other in this really kind of frantic way and they're all covering their faces as well yeah. yeah but they've got like oldie tiny big wool stockings kind of like bloomers down. it's really yeah it's, they're it's just not creating static yeah. essentially that's all they're doing it must be so sweaty afterwards having oh, to put their God. wool bloomers back on oh, yeah I know God. and they were just like don't look at me I love that because it's old and from Australia, it's in the National Film and Sound Archive. Yeah, totally. It's a historically important yeah. video. Well, someone's going to put it on Pornhub. Yeah, I think it's, it's like early, early Brazzers. Is that the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Colonial Brazzers. <laughs> Colonial. Wow, 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 wow. On that note. Yeah. On that note. So that's, yeah, these are the wonderful things that you could, that we didn't put the porn in, but yeah, that's Queer Australia. It's a, it's a documentary of, uh, yeah, Queer Australia. And it, I, I am really proud of it, actually, which is takes a lot from being able to say about anything that I've done. So if if people want to watch it, it's on ABC iView. And um, yeah. It's very beautiful. It's so good. I'm very proud of you. You're allowed to say it. And so am I. Me too. Yeah. I truly hope that Queer Australia is like the gay awakening for someone out there watching it in the same way that a banana cheerleader absolutely was, you know? <laughs> Someone's like, I'm a colonial Elwood Wentworth Yeah, exactly. Type. Are you saying you want I'm it to be s- someone's root? <laughs> yes, I, I want it to be someone's root. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. Um, is it time to talk about But I'm a Cheerleader? Please, let's talk about I something think it's other time. than my work. 
All right. Let's do, as we always do with, on our Poodle episodes, uh, and our Poodle episodes are always dedicated to a particular film that we love or have a lot to talk about. And this one, I fear, is going to maybe be a little epic, so that's <laughs> fine. Um, there are many steps at True Directions. Okay, so Natasha Leon, our hero, stars as Megan. She's the cliche of an all-American high school cheerleader, save for the fact that she sounds like she smokes, like, two packs a day. <laughs> and is also, unbeknownst to her, a lesbian. Her fellow cheerleaders, including Michelle Williams and parents played by Bud Cord and Minx Double, stage an intervention one day after school, citing all of her gay habits. And then she's carted off by RuPaul in very short shorts <laughs> to True Directions, which is a conversion camp for teenagers run by Mary, Kathy Moriarty. And there she comes to the conclusion that I'm a homo and meets her match in Graham. Sorry. Graham, Graham, Claire Duvall, uh, while struggling with the choice of attempting to, uh, air quotes, become straight or accepting who she really is. It's high camp. It's so fun. And it like makes me tear up a little bit every time I watch it. And I have seen this film, I think maybe more than any other film. You, it's one of those. You big sook. I think also let's just acknowledge like the greatest injustice in this film, which is that the two main characters are called Megan and Graham. Megan and Sorry. Graham. Megan and Graham. Thank God there's not a Craig. Like, <laughs> mm, yeah. Look, I I totally forgot to do the Megan Mathrigan Mathrigan. <laughs> oh, a uh, spinoff. <laughs> Bill, how did you first see this? I feel like it's a similar story to a lot of the late nineties, early two thousands poodles, which is that it was just a staple of my blockbuster video. Yes. The blockbuster in Bundy deserves some kind of medal because, man, they stocked a lot of good stuff. They should put a plaque there in the art house <laughs> section <laughs> what used to be. I remember what corner of the building the art house section was on. Um, but, yeah, you I lived there, like according to your sister. I did. I was trying too hard to be art house. But um, <laughs> I feel like as a kid I would have seen this film and my sisters and I would have gravitated towards the kind of, like, pretty teen colours and Natasha Leone in like a pretty pink dress on the cover of mm-hmm. it, I imagine. I don't know how it first came into our house, but I watched it a lot growing up. Yeah. Um, it has been a few years since the last time I saw it, but, you know, I've been on such a Natasha Leone kick lately that I've been returning more and more, especially thinking about the connections between like she and Melanie Linsky and Clea Duvall, like they, the three of them in different combinations have made so much work together over the years and like still like very recently. Clea Duvall directed The Intervention starring both of them. Obviously Natasha Leone and Melanie Linsky were in Detroit Rock City together. So every time I would watch any film with any of them in, I would kind of gravitate back towards yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I first saw it at – I think at the Mardi Gras Film Festival, which would have been in like very early 2000 because it premiered at uh, TIFF in 1999 and then it was at Sundance, I think, in um, very early 2000. Um, so I would have seen it there, but then it played – when it hit like normal theatrical distribution, it played at the Academy Twin in Paddington in Sydney and um, my housemate and dear friend Ali and I had a friend working there and he he let us just watch it back to back. So we would just stay in the cinema and just <laughs> kept watching it all day. Isn't that nuts also, of us? The thing I find most like shocking about this story is Ali is straight. Yeah, Ali's straight. So is Megan at the start of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, look, I don't know how many times I saw it. And then like, then it came out on home entertainment and then mm. I just never stopped watching it. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching it right now. I'm watching it right now. What about you, Zoe? I haven't seen it. Great. Glad to have, <laughs> glad to have you on. I, um, no, I, 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 I was trying to remember when I first watched it. I think it was uh, similar to Brody. I think it was video easy. Video easy movie guarantee. You get it first time, I'll get it free. In Grafton. In Grafton. Shout and out. Yeah, I think I would have watched it like with some of my friends, probably around like in 2000, 2001, like my kind of, you know, a large proportion of whom were closeted queers mm-hmm. um, in the country. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this this seems interesting. It's a movie about cheerleading. <laughs> seems fun. Uh, and What's this? It with a montage of boobs. That's interesting. Oh, oh okay. Just, oh, I guess we just keep watching, see what happens. <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah, I think probably just drawn to like it was like a bit kind of alternative and you yeah. know, it was like, I think we probably watched it at like a sleepover or something. Um, Classic. Yeah. Not like a sexy, it, what my friend, oh. it wasn't like a sexy girl. It was like my gay best friend, you know, who was a guy. Um, you weren't sneaking out to the doghouse with him. No, but I did date his sister. Um, <laughs> but it was like, I, I remember, and we, because Kate and I, we watched it last night. Mm. Oh, what a time. So much fun. It's, it's so fun. It's not so the fun. first time we've watched it together. In fact, no, we. We tried to watch it with a straight friend. Yeah, who and it did not go well. Unnamed, and she was like, you know when you watch something with someone else and you can feel them their disappointment oh, yeah. in you. Mm. And we were like guffawing. We're like, oh, yes. Oh, and, this, and like, and like trying this. not to quote it too much. Yes. And we were like, oh my God, you've never seen it. Well, you have to watch it. We're going to watch it right now. And, and then. Ended up turning it off. She, uh, yeah. But it was, but, but we were talking about it last night. I just remember, I remember the feeling of just being like, I can't believe this movie exists. I can't believe this is absolutely that's I'm watching. Yeah. It's like. It's wow. so, it's so, like you said in the intro, Kate, it's so camp, but it's also like, so specific tonally like mm. the styling of it is so odd especially for the late 90s like the teen movie boom mm. this was the year that i've got it in my notes the movies that came out at this time included cruel intentions election american beauty go so there was like a, a thread of like go. truly yes was it katie holmes or was it what's her face oh. from spin city no, I think it's Katie Holmes. I don't I think, think it was is. Katie Holmes. Yeah. Oh, no, am I thinking of teaching Mrs. Tingle? Well, that she, well, she was Katie in a Holmes was in that. I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen Go or if the poster is just so implanted in my head. It's like Sarah Polly in Go. Don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it. Does it have like just it's in the, the poster? Red is it like is it kind of like the it's the as if it's fisheye is sort of moving? Yes, and yeah. they're fisheye above. There's a color. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. red. And I see Katie Holmes in that. That fisheye image. They look very cool. Yeah, I think it's just a different brunette. Anyway, people (laughs) listening to this are going to be like, you dumb bitches. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, thinking about that year of movies, it's like the teen films were so – they did have a common thread of being kind of, like, dark and a bit fucked and – Yeah. It makes me realise how coddled, like, teenagers looking for, like, you know, bizarre or interesting depictions of their lives are now. But also, like, we – are going to be talking about the film Jawbreaker in, in a little while. Not today, in another poodle. But, um, th- like, there's a lot of really dark, twisted stuff that happens on screen. Mm. And, you know, they talk about it. Mm. And I don't know the rating it had, but that was, like, a big film. Whereas this mm. one... Same year as well. Yeah, yeah, almost nothing happens in this film, but it got this yeah. crazy rating. Yeah. 
They've got like NC-17. What do you think happens in this film? Like a lot happens, but you don't see it. All the fingering and vibrators and oh, stuff are off screen, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. I thought, yeah, that right. And so like originally it was given an NC-17 and then they had to, like Jamie Babbitt, the director, had What's to like cut. NC-17, that sounds like a COVID mask. <laughs> It does. <laughs> it does. So they, so Jamie Babbitt had to like recut it oh. so that it wouldn't, so that to get an R rating. But she thought it was going to get a G rating because like nothing really happens in yeah. it. Yeah, but it's lesbians. And she thinks gays. that. Well, yeah, it's actually crazy. So Jamie Babbitt talks quite a bit about it, and I think it really uh, did a massive disservice to this film, at mm. least in the states on its um, original release. And so she, when she spoke to the Motion Picture Association of America about the rating, she said, like, there's no nudity, there's little swearing, what are you talking about? And the woman there said, well, the love scene was very dark and I'm sure there's terrible things happening in the darkness. <laughs> and, you oh have to cu- yeah, and you have to cut out any mention of a woman going down on another woman. So they, she did, mm. she had to cut it. And then there was like a scene when she is, when Megan is um, like masturbating and there was like a close up shot of her hand near her crotch and they, she had to like tighten it on Megan's like upper body so that you don't see what she's actually doing. And like part of the reason they filmed in the dark apparently is because Natasha Leone and Claire Duvall were like so shy and nervous that they wanted it really dark. They wanted to stay in their nightgowns. Yeah. They didn't want to be, like, fully nude. And then that bizarrely got them a a more extreme rating. But that's why, I mean, that that sex scene is so, it's actually so well done because it's quite, I mean, you don't see anything at all. They keep their clothes on, which is, I think, very in keeping with the whole story and era. It's like, yeah, of course they would keep their 90s on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, it's very innocent and, but also really hot as well. It's like they're fully like they have sex. Yeah. But it's like yeah, it's so it's quite cha- it's it, it's very it's chaste. Very it's like the mm. kiss of a thigh. Well, like yeah, you know. But it's very. I mean, I remember watching them. Like, oh, this is it was very horny at the time. Oh yeah. Very, well, clear very... Duval, by that point, you know, they snuck out to the bar. They've made out outside the bar. Mm-hmm. By the time it happens, you're just like, oh my god, clear Duval as well. My goodness. Oh, the tattoo is apparently just a character tattoo. Oh, really? Oh, good. It's I the feel... Chinese symbol for star. Oh, okay. Mm. Came across yeah. that in some trivia. I was <laughs> just like Plenty randomly more. a couple of months ago, not preparing or anything. Plenty more where that came well, from. Well, it's a very, yeah, it's a good character tattoo. I always, like when they sneak out to the bar, I always think, it's like my brain goes into a wormhole and I always expect Andrew Dice Clay to be the doorman at... <laughs> cocksucker but he's like that's another movie pretty in pink it's in pretty pink oh of course i think also maybe it's a little bit because natasha leone is andrew dice clay so yeah she is (laughs) but also because like um molly ringwald dresses in a kind of but i'm a cheerleader way like she dresses Mm. in that kind of lace collar Mm. like cardigan Mm. situation like what year is but i'm a cheerleader set in it's so. It's like set in that year, but not that year. But not. But not. I mean, the. the set in like the high camp version of that year, I guess. But yeah. The only thing that makes it, I mean, I guess it's like the the kind of womanhood and masculinity they're aspiring to is like 
so old fashioned and her parents, I mean, Ming Stoll and Bud Court are from another dimension, not just another, <laughs> another era, yeah. as is the vaginal pillow that Megan <laughs> oh, that's so that's good. so good. That's so good. Yeah. I love that she like Local nuzzles market. into it as she's going to sleep. It's just a great, like there are so, so many good. tiny little moments in this movie. Yeah. Um, the only yeah. thing that like yanks it back into the quote unquote present day is like the high school stuff. Where they, you know, have like cut out magazine pictures yeah. in their lockers. And there's like lots of AIDS references in there as well. Yeah, of course. But yeah, like on the signs, the placards that they make. Yeah. But otherwise, the world is very like Edward Scissorhandsy. Yes. Like a little comic book village. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that um, it was reviewed so badly when it came out because Jamie Babbitt has said that it was reviewed pretty much at the time by like men in their 50s and 60s because they were the critics of the time mm. and I was reading that and I was like well a they probably should have liked it more because of the gender stereotypes yeah but also I don't know things seem to have changed since then <laughs> they like, should have oh, loved maybe, the gender stereotypes it's changed, they yeah I think thinking about that sort of rating stuff it's so like people I think people forget like how controversial it was to have anything gay on screen at all at that time like mm. Ellen only came out in 97 mm. was the pop mm. episode and it was so like before it was just like it was an absolute desert there was nothing mm. i yeah i remember i remember sort of seeking out like queer films and things around this time and um another movie that i very i don't remember the first time i watched but I'm a cheerleader, but I really remember. I came out in the same year. It was a movie called Better Than Chocolate. Did you ever see that film? I never it saw was, it, but I know the title. I don't know if it was any good, but I just remember there was a sex scene in that, and I remember watching it. It's like a Canadian lesbian film. I have no idea if it was Oh, I'm thinking of Like Water for Chocolate. No, that's a it's totally a different, movie. different movie. This is like an indie uh, I'm Canadian. thinking of Chocolat. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Juliette Binoche. I'm thinking um, of Like Water for Elephants. <laughs> what, that movie's not called Like Water for Elephants. No, it's, it's just called Water for, for Elephants. <laughs> I, I can't not call it that. Um, but, yeah, I remember there was, like, a sex scene in the movie and I remember my mum walking into the room when the sex scene was on, which she had an uncanny knack for doing. Anything. Yeah. Can I just interject here to say that Zoe's mum, bless her heart, love you, Linda, she calls sex scenes nighttime scenes. <laughs> Stop. We were watching <laughs> Ghost at her house over like Christmas Stop. one year and she went to the kitchen and was doing something. Then she came back and she said, oh, did I miss the nighttime scene? <gasps> wow. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, it's, got a very, wow. it's got a very racy nighttime scene. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. If it happens in the daytime, is it still a nighttime scene? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Loophole. If a sex scene falls in a forest. <laughs> 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 I came across uh, a quote from Elliot Page, who in an acceptance of an award at Outfest in 2021, um, was talking about how he had his kind of own queer awakenings. And he said, and then, you know, at 15, when you're flipping through the channels and you stumble on, but I'm a cheerleader and the dialogue in that film and scenes in that film just transform your life. It's like, totally this film. I really was like, this is made for me when it came out mm. and, um, I think Jamie Babbitt in like a behind the scenes, actually it was in like a cast Zoom thing that happened that oh, Vulture yeah. did like a couple an of years ago. One? Yeah, I think for the 20th anniversary, Jamie Babbitt said that 
it's actually like the 20 year olds who saw it at that time, like keeping the movie alive. Yeah. It's like, well, that's so true. It's interesting. Because it's we watched... such an, like, it's such an iconic film to me. Yeah. What was, the, we watched the, um, it was like the reunion with yeah. the special features. Um, love a special feature. Love a special oh, feature. Back. They're so good. Uh, but physical but, media. But it was interesting mm. that she was saying like a lot of the older queer people because they were dealing with you know AIDS and it was a pretty grim kind of time that had been like a very serious time when But I'm a Cheerleader came out. A lot of them, a lot of the older queers really didn't like it very much. Mm. They didn't think it was. They didn't want a comedy. Yeah, yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, and obviously that like you know that history hung over the reception of the film, but it also informed like her reasons for making it. She wanted something that represented her experience of coming to terms with her sexuality, but also something that would make people laugh. And I think it really is, I guess now very clearly a generational divide Mm. that like, you know, Megan's journey starts at the like repressed denial and ends in something really celebratory and like fun. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Well, um, it's, I know it's that real generation, like that generational shift, right? Like mm. that you really do see this, it, and the fact that it's a coming of age film. I think it's like mm. a real and nineteen ninety nine. It's like real coming of age of like the queer community too. Yeah, I think Jamie Babbitt said that she wanted to make a gay clueless, which oh, is very cool. Love well, that. You did it. She, she did, did it. She fucking did it. Did I mean, it. the costume is a bit different, but. <laughs> <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> Let's be real. Okay, cast. Should we talk cast? Um, absolutely. Where do we even start? Well, we've this mentioned Bud Star. We've mentioned Bud Court and Mink Stoll. Oh, yes. We mentioned Claire Duvall and Natasha Leone. Mm-hmm. Best friends. Natasha Leone got cast in this film because she was just in Claire Duvall's car driving around LA and found a script on the floor and was like, I want to do this. <laughs> but Claire Duvall was already I in so it. I thought you were going to do the voice. I tried. What's this? Cockroach. Is that your word to get in? Yes. <laughs> we discovered that Samuel was like the word to get into in Irish. No, Remember mine is. We were just going like. Car. A car. Get in the car. <laughs> now I was saying Samuel. Samuel. I can't do it. Samuel. 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 What's yours, Zoe? What my. Are we doing Northern Ireland? Or- oh, all right, Jesus, okay. all right. <laughs> I don't know. I would do like a classic, like a tough morning to you. Oh yeah, a oh, classic, yeah. a classic. Yeah. But that's you know that's more of a Dublin accent, isn't it? Speaking oh, okay. of accent work, Melanie Linsky <gasps> in this. It's oh, so great. She's oh, not doing New Zealand for any Americans listening. She's specifically doing an Australian accent. Oh what? what? She's not doing it. No, she's not. She she's... is trying to do an Australian she, accent. Because... When she says breakfast is at seven, yes, and then lunch. <laughs> What? I also like the detail that they've only been at True Directions like a day a earlier day? Oh, than Megan. So but Hillary somehow is like the boss and giving her advice on like when parents visit and stuff. Why what? is she like, why is she being Australian? What? I don't know. I just watched That's a video. So or maybe it was because she's doing yellow jackets. And you know how um, in 2023. Yellow jackets. Yellow jackets. Yellow jacket. Jackets. Jackets. Jacket. Anyway, um, push and chops, jackets. Because she jackets. has like a full, full on Kiwi accent. Oh, yeah. 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 Amazing. Something so, terrible's happened to mother. Something terrible's happened to mother. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know how, like, any person who's been in the industry more than like 10 years, any interview they do at the moment is just 
let's look back on your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was watching a video of her and she was kind of giving commentary on her different roles. And she was like, people actually don't know that I was being Australian. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> that meal. I liked that. Love Thank it. you. Every time I see Milo Yulonsky in a, um, in a, anything, I'm just like so proud of her. I'm like, look. Oh, I like, know. I, I just feel such. I Milani. Know why I feel like. She's like our Melanie. Yeah, it's she, she is. So she is. She just got that role on Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, she she's was so good. She's just a schoolgirl. She's just a Kiwi schoolgirl. She so loves good. directors. She really goes after a good director. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay, that was okay, okay, all right. that was that was a. And New Zealand are doing an Australian. Yes, accent. yes. I'm very deep in character. <laughs> oh my god, method. Um, Jinxie, you mentioned RuPaul. I mean, RuPaul is really good in this. RuPaul is, is excellent great. in this. The only, I would say RuPaul's only as good in A, the Beef 2s Love Shack video and yeah. also the Brady Bunch movies. Brady Bunch movie. Oh, yeah. so, yeah. Good. I, so good. Growing up, I never knew RuPaul was a man. I only knew, my only experience was the Brady Bunch movies. And I was like, <laughs> that beautiful guidance can't love. She's very so tall. sassy to jam. Very tall. She's great advice. She's got all this gaggle of daughters by the pool in the sequel. <laughs> um, and then Catherine Town in it. I haven't seen her in much, but she's the daughter of Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown shampoo and uh queer legendary film personal best funny that he is a town and wrote a film called chinatown it's his child (laughs) chinatown was originally spelled (laughs) t-o-w-n-e then we've got michelle williams of course as we mentioned um small but important role Mm -hmm. dolph rufio rufio Cannot oh believe. Love him. What a performance. So good. Obsessed. Great. Kit Paju. Kit Paju. Was in Remember the Titans. You just, important movie for the Lancaster family. You just quite like saying the name. Kit, Kit Paju. Yeah, yeah, Kit Paju. Two words. You'd never know where Kit the space Paju. goes. <laughs> there is such a good cameo here by uh, Julie Delpy, who is credited as Lipstick Lesbian. Lipstick Lesbian. Oh, oh my God. And so isn't hot. she just. Oh my God. That iconic scene set to uh, that St. Edian song, Where in the City. She oh. hopped off the train, left Ethan Hawke behind, went to the Coxhoe. And, and she's there every night. She's always there. Mm. Remember but, Lipstick Lesbians? Remember that was like a whole thing? Yeah, and it was like a slur. It was like, oh, well, I'm not a lipstick lesbian. Yeah, it was a – when we were doing – when we were making Queen Australia, actually, came across this, like, article that was about lipstick lesbians. It was this whole, like, you know, in, like, a gay press type of thing. It was like, let me tell you about the lipstick lesbian. And it was just sort of like – Is it just a pretty thing. lesbian? It's a lesbian who wears lipstick. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was it's like, like a, femme, but that's what I not really. Like, but it's not, not, do, I, do I understand it right? Because it was sort of like butch femme, one of the only sort of roles that you could have up mm. until like the seven, like women's lib in the 70s. And then there's like, you know, um, lesbian feminists. And then it was like no gender roles at all, only like hemp. <laughs> Smocks. And I wish we could see your hand gestures <laughs> as you're running through this history. Hemp. Um, Hemp smocks. And then it was like, and then people started, there was a bit more like leather, dykey type of like, the lipstick lesbian was like, she had like a maroon lipstick and like maybe she had short spiky hair. Mm. Um, Sharon Stone in But These Walls Could Talk Too, lipstick lesbian. Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday. Is she a lesbian in that? No, but she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking. Also, uh, If These Walls Could Talk Too, also... 
Michelle Williams as a lesbian and Natasha Leone. Oh, Jinxie, you've told me to watch this so many times. Oh, I my God, you haven't, haven't seen it? No, I it's still so haven't. Good. It's on YouTube. We're going to watch it after this. All right, I will too. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> I think you need to talk about one very special member of the cast. Thank you. I will. Eddie Cibrian <laughs> plays uh, Mary, Kathy Moriarty, who runs True Direction's son. What's his name? Rock? Rock. 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 Which I guess is like a Rock Hudson joke. Truly. Eddie Cibrian is so fucking hot. (laughs) I had no idea. But all of a sudden I was like, I understand now why Brandy Glanville from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills married him. Mm. Why Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules had an affair with him when Mm -hmm. he was still married to Brandy Mm -hmm. and why he left both of them for Leanne Rhymes. (laughs) She couldn't resist. She can't fight the moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) None of them can resist. And RuPaul is barely resisting in this film. He's not resisting. Eddie Sabrina is really good in this. He's He's so so funny. funny. Those flowers look pretty, mother. (laughs) He's really funny. He's sipping out of his curly straw (laughs) and it's getting slapped out of his hair. Which he makes him chug it like a man. Chug it like a man. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. And when he's like dancing around, like with the chainsaw or whatever it is, like listening to his Walkman, he's listening to Party Train by RuPaul. Oh, yeah. love that detail. Little Beautiful. Easter egg. <laughs> that like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> like he's doing that like, anyway. There's one more cast member who appears... I guess only in certain versions of this film. Oh my god. Kelly. <laughs> who got reformed by True Directions after being a real bad girl. Oh. Played by Ioni Sky. It is and just what a performance. Such it's a performance. So good. It's, it's incredible. It's such a good performance. It's so fucking funny. It's wild. Like I just thought, because I mean this was in the version that we all saw, because mm. it was released in like Australia, Europe and UK, I think, and New Zealand, of course, because Melanie Linsky. Mm. But in the US, um, Jamie Babbitt had to cut all these scenes. Was this because of the N95? No, no, no. She just was, apparently she was like, no, that she, she was nervous that people would be bored. So she cut it because she wanted to make it, quote, the leanest machine ever. It clocked in at like 85 minutes. And then she said, now that I have a little more experience under my belt, I was like, you know what? These are really good scenes. The movie can be 90 minutes. They are really good. It's a great scene. Baby should have left them in because they are such good scenes. But this one is the real, like the real deleted scene. And it's up on YouTube. So US listeners who haven't seen it, we can link it in the show notes. Fuck, it's good. I it's only so good. as the sort of beaten down, butch leather dyke. tail, <laughs> leather dyke with the biggest septum piercing yeah. in the world. <laughs> Giving a testimonial for how she's now, what, married with kids and, and the black and, leather gloves. And she opens her monologue with an exhale of smoke. Yeah. Like just the perfect, it's so good. It's so good. Turn the fucking camera off. <laughs> yeah, I love when she's like, she used to ride me on the back of her holly like I was some kind of showpiece. Oh, so, so good. good. It's um, Broken ribs. <laughs> <laughs> We're also missing, um, I mean, I don't know him from absolutely anything else, but I think it's like one of the best performances of the film, Douglas Spain as Andre, oh. a.k.a. I ain't got no root. Oh, that was very good, Kate. It Thank was you. really dramatic. 
I love when he says sissy and slur word content advice. I love when he says faggot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not my fault. I'm a faggot. It's, it's so, so good. good. Oh. It truly is so fucking bizarre that Natasha Leone is not a lesbian in real life. Oh, I think she's shocked also. Oh, yeah. everyone's still shocked. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of cute that she and Clea are like best pals mm. and they've made a couple of films now where they're girlfriends as yeah. well. Yeah. She's cute. culturally queer. Just, yeah, she's culturally queer. I really love that um, in the Criterion interview about this film, but with the two of them, um, you know, Natasha Leone talks about the phase that she was in when she got cast and like Jamie Babbitt was kind of resistant to casting her because visually she looked so different. She said, I was always in black fishnets and black rave Marilyn Manson boots. There was a big drama when, for context, I was dating Eddie Furlong at the time. That's how 90s this story is. I got a drunk Hollywood Boulevard tattoo, my first and only tattoo the day before shooting. But also she and Claire talk about, like, being really into the capital A acting of the film. Like, they didn't want to be silly. They didn't want to, like, treat their roles like jokes. Um, (laughs) Natasha Leone says, we wanted to bring Cassavetti's level integrity to the scenes. As silly as we're being now, we were very serious about the acting. Oh, wow. I mean, they do. They do. Everyone's really fucking giving it their all in this film, which is why it's so good. It's so good. You really believe that that Graham is going through, like she has a real crisis, you know. She she either has to choose like her family and her trust fund um, or her, you know, Honest truth and love. I mean, Clea Duvall versus Minkstall and Bud Court, it's it's a hard choice. Yeah. And I, they're still friends, right, Bud Court and Natasha Leon. Oh, my God. Are they friends? He still calls her Poodle, which is what oh. his character called her in the film, um, and recently gave her a Poodle necklace from a thrift store. Oh. True like Poodle episode. True Poodle episode. Yeah. True Directions Poodle. His little Josh Poodle. He's such a nice, supportive dad. You can tell it's really crushing him to do this. Oh, but then he goes to Perflag at the end. Mm. Sorry. Perflag. Perflag. I'm beginning to so like the sound of that. Sound Sorry, it's a reality bites thing. <laughs> but when he, and then you see Minx and she can't quite deal with it and she's like she's incognito in oh, so <laughs> he's so sweet okay we've got a bit all over the place but plot wise at the start the intervention scene like the when her uh, vagina pillow comes into the foreground and they're zooming in on all her kind of like lesbian artifacts um <laughs> including the fact that she eats tofu and makes her parents eat it her <laughs> melissa etheridge poster and the vagina pillow and it so reminded me of that now famous cap and kim scene where she's walking down the street and it's like home oh curry puffs like lebanese food <laughs> yeah it's so good i need to revisit immediately you really do she's terrified kimmy's a lesbian do you know it's um on Wikipedia, but I'm a cheerleader is featured on the vegetarianism in fiction category. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Well, before, you know, before Ellen, that's how we had to codify our yeah, eating it's a tofu. vegetarianism film. That's how you met people in the tofu aisle. <laughs> that's the only representation uh-huh. we had. Do you have any favourite scenes that we haven't covered yet? Um, I, I love the kissing scene. <laughs> In the car with the boyfriend early on. I feel like that's a real tone setter in this film. Oh, it's yeah. It's sort of like 
you it's quite early on and <laughs> her hunky football boyfriend yeah and just that that absolute tonguing monstrosity that they that she has to endure she is enduring yeah. i was gonna say that they are enduring but he's inflicting on her i guess but it's like it's kind of amazingly done and i think when you talk about like the acting of it is she's actually really fully committing to it like she's <laughs> such a goofball but she's also very perfectly straight-faced in that yeah absolutely stupid scene yeah i just rewatched, um or actually i just watched for the first time slums of beverly hills and she has a similar kind of tone where she's doing and saying ridiculous things, you know, like Marissa Tomei's throwing a vibrator at her from across the bedroom, <laughs> but she's so like pure and sweet and like naive that she's really invested in the role. Yeah. It's a really interesting, tonally it's so odd because it's like so silly, so camp, but also you're very invested. And so are they, I feel like it's like, Natasha Lyonne acts like no one else. She's, yeah, you know, no one else. It's like one of the. It's like one of the old men from the Muppets. Like one of the old men. <laughs> yeah, Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, <laughs> she's both of them. She's both Statler and Waldorf in a car as a teenager, yeah. like, kissing a jock. Like that's. <laughs> but somehow you you're like yeah, I get it. Okay. I yeah, yeah. It's um, it's kind of the, that scene is kind of the inverse of um one in a film that we were going to do a poodle on, and then we both watched it. Jinxie and I both watched it, and we're like, it's just not that good of a movie, mm. which is Saved, um, oh, which yeah. also has a kind of like Christian rehab camp for gays, um, but it's the inverse. It's Jenna Malone's boyfriend is shipped off to, it's called like Promise keepers or something yeah something very yeah. similar after impregnating her after impregnating her oh yeah because she tries to save him yeah, yeah. by having sex yeah. yeah with her vagina by sacrificing her virginity and jesus will make her born again famously yeah bad movie. Good cast yeah bad movie but good cast there's good stuff about it yeah it's there was good stuff in this yeah i have affection for it i have deep affection I for it i remember watching i remember at the time being like wow i went through a period of like teen christianity underpinned by like Fake rock music. Did really? you? Oh yeah, this was going to be a big part of that poodle episode. We can talk about it now because it's similar to "But I'm a Cheerleader." But like I, because I lived in a very very small town that had no live music. Sometimes you would go to see like a rock show, and halfway through they'd stop and be like, "Who wants to be saved?" That's how they get you. It mm-hmm. truly is textbook getting like suburban kids. It's wow. like a larger scale version of like so, like a. a a creep like a an oldie tiny creep giving out candy yes yeah, they're giving out hardcore music to yeah. teens, teens in the mid-2000s well, my mum used to talk about how she saw uh, that american very famous reverend billy graham oh yeah oh yeah and graham the, yeah graham and uh <laughs> and she felt like it was one of those things that where she could have had a different life yeah yeah I spent a bit of time because I was going to do a show about it. I remember once, well, it started off some friends and I, we were just drunk in Redfern and it, um, we were day drinking. And then we were like, what are we going to do? And we we're like wandering around the street. Want to go to Hillsong? And we went to Hillsong. <gasps> we were like, oh my God, let's just go. You can just go. It's a church. Like they want you to go. Famously. And so we went <laughs> and we were like, oh, I get it. Like I can see how you would mm. really. Because, I mean, Hillsong, they have so much money and it's like the production values yeah. alone are incredible. They've got like, it's amazing. And then they're like, oh, also, you know, 
give us some money. All about money. All oh, the tithing is so unreal. Yeah. And like being a teenager in a very small town where there is not a whole lot for you to do, like you are just ripe for the picking because you go to a place on like a Sunday afternoon where there's music and cute boys. I mean, sold and you <laughs> hang out there and you like sing songs and you have to listen to a guy talk about another old guy for an hour or so and then you know that everyone's going to go to Macca's afterwards oh <laughs> so I like in retrospect I'm like well, duh of course I was like a prime <laughs> candidate I just wanted people to like hang out with music to listen to and like Macca's to eat yeah it's good yeah how about the middleman Kind of the middle you don't just, need Jesus for any of that. Yeah, I could have yeah. just gone straight to McDonald's. I know that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you can choose as an adult, can't you? It's much better. Yeah. But Zoe, you, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but your dad was a Catholic priest. My dad was a Catholic priest. Yeah. Oh, see, that's a little different in a way because it's like so much more old school. That's why I find the new one really interesting. I mean, Catholicism, it was so like the the role that the church played in people's lives. And I think for Catholics who are still Catholic, like it's still sort of, is meant to play that role in people's lives. It's like, you know, it was like a community service. It was this sort of centre of the community. And so to be a priest was like a really big sort of thing. But with, you know, Catholicism and like with the old religions, it's like you can't get in that easy. They're like, we don't, they're not evangelical. They're not like, we don't want you. Yeah, they're the like, door's not got, wide open. Yeah, we've got, you have to prove yourself in mm. order to be a part of that thing. Whereas that's why I find like the, evangelical going out and saving people thing really odd because it's just like it's like, I suppose it's how I feel about some like entertainers as well you're like oh there's not just anyone just like TikTok right yeah it's just like how many followers have you got and it's like but who are they yeah like, there's no quality control in the number of followers <laughs> that you have you're just like my audience whoever they are just total heat just as many as possible if they want me then I want them I guess yeah I feel like you know uh, I'm I'm more of the not that I'm a Catholic. Well, I'm I mean I technically am Catholic, but um, not practicing. But like, yeah, I feel like the just culturally Catholic. Culturally Catholic. <laughs> I think that the the quantity over quality thing is like a real. Mm. We I find it really odd. Mm. Like, oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, you want the good followers. Yeah. Quality followers. Jesus only had 12, didn't he? I don't know. I didn't pay attention. Like Judaism, prove it, you know. Jesus had the same amount as Emily in Paris when she first started, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Jinxie, what are your favourite parts of (laughs) Julita? I think we've talked about all of them. I mean, every part. I mean, they're all just so good. Everything is just so great in this film. We were watching it last night and it was just like, oh, oh, yeah, like, just guffawing and sobbing. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Hit after hit, isn't it? Just, it's, yeah, it, it really is, is. It's a tight ship. Like, you know, she did it. Yeah, she did. I really love um, when Andre says, Ship Miss Mary ain't the only one who ain't got no root. And then um, Mary says, We don't use profanity or double negatives at True Directions. <laughs> I love that. Who's the couple who takes them to the cocksucker? I love that whole oh, sequence. Lloyd and Larry, Larry Bear. Lloyd and Larry Bear. And then when they come out of their house the next day, the little one's face just always makes me laugh. <laughs> <go. laughs> it's so good. They are so good. It's so yeah. great. I love when you see them do some really grown-up conflict resolution in their relationship. And that, oh, yeah. So they good. snip at each other. I know. Yeah. It's really... It's oh, really it's nice. really cute. But I love how much Jamie Babbitt used her own life in this. So she kind of created the story but didn't actually write the screenplay. But she, her mum ran a rehab centre 
called New Directions. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. drug and alcohol, wasn't it? It was drug and alcohol, yeah. yeah. And so she kind of took that for conversion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was noticing last night that the final scene with uh, Graham and and Megan in the truck, in the back of the truck, it's the same ending, spoiler alert, I guess, for Miseducation of Cameron Post. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you better say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Why? It's a girl in the back of the truck. Yeah. Oh, okay. she's yeah. covered in blood, though. Yeah, no yeah. spoiler warning needed for that. No, yeah. it's on the poster. <laughs> yeah, it is literally the poster. No, yeah. I remember watching Cameron Post and being like very touched by that a less funny conversion film, but very good. Yes, very less good. fun. I think my favorite part is the whole kind of like plan they hatch at the end with Lloyd and Larry to get mm. what's Kit Pardue's character no idea um, Rufio needs to get him out <laughs> and they just immediately start making out but then um you know it's like devastating watching Graham kind of like fight Megan off yeah before her big grand gesture it's a mm. real rom-com run to the airport moment but it's running for her pom-poms oh and but then why does she leave why does she throw the pom-poms down as she's running back towards the truck? I she's know. She's taken them all that way. She's taken them all that way. She they would have taken up so much room in her bag, though. She's not going to run fast. No, she carries no, She carries them outside her bags when she arrives. Oh, it's like she doesn't detail. need them. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's really, she's really noteworthy that they're there and she loves cheer so much. If, if anything, it slows her down to dump them. I think so. It does. Too. And they wouldn't take up any space in her luggage. They would pack right down. They'd pack down real small. All right. I just don't want them to get. Air. I just don't want them to get crinkles. <laughs> <laughs> They're so nice. But yeah, she just tosses them away. But um, I think my sister and I used to like do that cheer. Five, six, seven, eight. I want, I want you, you to, to be, be my, my mate. mate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we both perform it. We wouldn't do it to each other. <laughs> do you think any lesbians have gotten married with that as vows? Oh, oh my god. god. I, I hope I, not. I hope <laughs> not. I know they have. And we you know as what? A people, they are cringeworthy. <laughs> their rings should be horseshoe <laughs> rings, like Graham wears, because I used to wear one because Graham did. Oh my god, oh Jinx. Yeah. Thank God you didn't get the Chinese symbol for star. <laughs> Imagine if I'm a cheerleader a themed wedding where all the men are in like blue tuxes and all what? the women are in pink That's dresses. Not bad. Love they the all look so that... cute. Their clear Duval's hair looks oh. so cute. Apparently it was so a badly. stinker of a day. It was really, mm. really hot and they were all absolutely schwitzing inside oh. those plastic bags that they were wearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made of rubber. Yeah. So disgusting. Like, what happens to clear Duval's hair in that final scene? It's just like someone, it's like she's got a nice haircut and then someone's gone behind her and given her a noogie. Like it's so <laughs> roughed up that was what i was aspiring to in like 2002 three i would like <laughs> side part gel down as straight as i could get with a little clip on the side and then i would like rough my hair off at the back with like gel and mousse till it was rock hard and really shiny it's like an exotic bird it's like a bit of a mating dance yeah mm-hmm. i'm peacocking around bunderberg it's actually <laughs> very it's my day hair <laughs> Very similar to my um, year 12 formal hair, actually. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, but mine was, it wasn't slicked down to the sides. It was slicked back, but in, like, twists. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then with ribbon in the twists. Ribbon? Purple. um, Purple and, like. I had like very dyed black hair, uh-huh. and I had cool. like, yeah, it was like twists like coming back off the front of my face, yeah. and then it was all about different textures and things. Yeah, like 
you know, it was like a, a Top Chef kind of cooking challenge. It was like, you know, you needed something for crunch. Not our poodle. Yeah. You needed something for crunch. Yeah. 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 Well, my friend Ali used to plait her hair at night and then take the plaits out so that it would look like um, Catherine Towns' hair in it. Oh, like yeah. The gothy one. We loved doing that. We would. Sinead. Um, we made her mum take us to like a, this is so funny in a repressed memory, like horse tack shop, like horse supply stores to buy bags of the tiniest little rubber bands um, because oh. they were great for if you wanted to do really tiny plaits in your hair. Um, white girls in the 90s were essentially giving ourselves like braids or mm-hmm. they weren't cornrows. We weren't good enough at braiding. No, they were barley braids. Yeah, but you'd want like the tiniest braids and so we would get ho- what they used to braid horses' hair for like competitive show jumping. Oh, like for like Because they were tiny little you know rubber bands. Braces. The braces. Braces, rubber yeah. bands. Yeah, they were good too. Yeah. And we would, when we'd come home like... from school, do that, and then take them out before like a school disco. One of the funniest <laughs> things, and I don't know if we'll keep this in, but one of the funniest things I've ever seen, I'm sure my friend would not mind me telling this story. A good, very, this story starts starts sad, but is very funny. Okay. Um, a very good friend of mine um, spent some time in a, uh, like a, a, institution basically she had a really bad eating disorder so she was in a rehab center for like eating disorders and I would go and visit her and one day she called me and was like uh, I was I was coming to visit and she was like I have a surprise when you come to visit I was like what is it she's like no no it's a surprise you're gonna fucking love it you're gonna lose your mind this is a very fresh she's she's fine now it's like spoiler alert she's fine and um she's very funny and she was like when I arrived she was wearing a hoodie and she was like, are you ready for your surprise? And then she took the hoodie down and she had full cornrows. Oh. And she was, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> She's got these full cornrows. And then she was like, just wait. There's a girl here who can do cornrows. Everyone has them. <laughs> and so then we went through the ward and it's all these teenage girls, like emaciated teenage girls, sad, so sad. pajamas. They're all slouching around, but they all have cornrows. They're all white and they all have cornrows. It is one of the funniest things Do they have things beads ever. at the end? Are they clanking as they, they <laughs> went on the ward? I think some of them did. Yeah. It was so funny. It was just like one of those. What an image. Oh, it was, I, I can see it now. Close my eyes, it's burnt. It's oh, my God, eyes. that's so good. It's so so good. All right, it's time for our see also's for this episode. I mentioned it earlier, but Melanie Linsky was on the podcast Lost Culturistas recently, and Bowen and Matt talked to her about how important this film was for them, and she essentially was like, yeah, it was for everyone. Um, <laughs> but she did give a little tidbit, which is essentially that they filmed all day and then would just go off and party all night, and they were all just such good friends and so so close. Um, Jamie Babbitt has done, like, a bunch of interviews about the film and one of them I found on a website called Cherry Picks, which I've never heard of before. Um, but she talked about how RuPaul really was like a camp counselor on set to everyone. He was excited to be sharing his advice to all the younger gays who were huddled around him, hungry for advice from someone from the older generation. And in that interview, she also says she wants to direct an episode of the crown because she's obsessed with princess Diana. Wow. Yeah, so good. So good. I want to see that episode of The Crown. Truly. She's only got like one season. 
TikTok. Didn't she direct something recently like Only Murders in the Building or something? She has directed uh, Russian Doll. Yes. She's directed A League of Their Own, um, Gilmore Girls, L Word, Mrs. Maisel, but we don't, we can forgive her for that. (laughs) (laughs) She was only 27 when she made this. It's unreal, isn't it? She was 24 when she started working on it and 27 when it came. It's crazy. It's so great. I like her less, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Who does she think she is? (laughs) Um, Do you have any more? Mm -hmm. Okay. I've only got a couple. Um, I have the tip of if you do want to rewatch this, it's not streaming in Australia anywhere. It might be, it used to be streaming on Criterion Channel. I don't know if it still is if you're in the States. But if you are going to invest in the physical media, and I suggest that you do, make sure that you either get the UK or European Blu-ray or DVD or invest in the US 20th anniversary director's cut. Otherwise, you will not get the Ioni in it and... You're just throwing your money down the toilet otherwise. I'm 100%. And the only other film uh, see also that I've got is All Over Me that came out in 1997. It was another 90s teen les movie that I was very into. And it turns out that was one of the only films that um, Clea Duvall felt like she saw herself in as a Mm. young queer woman. Anyway, um, it is really hard to find now, but it is fully on YouTube. It's not a great copy, but... What is? It's fine. It's take fine. What you can get. Um, it stars Alison Folland, Tara Subkoff, who is Natasha Leon's other other best friend, and Leisha Haley, because I always have to mention the L word, and it has a cameo by um Mary Timoni and um they have a band that plays at Meow Mix, which is um a lesbian bar in New York that closed down Valet. Oh, Valet. It's quite a depressing film, but I think stick with it. Okay. Go on YouTube and just stick with it. Stick with it. <laughs> As we do with our special guest poodle episodes, we're doing a special edition of Also Also's for this one, where each of us have a little recommendation to share. Zoe, do you want to go first? So yeah, I have a, I have a, I think it's a C also for Queer Australia that is directly related, which is a queer documentary called Word Is Out, um, which is like made by is that the Mariposa Film Collective. Yeah, it was made in the nineteen seventies, early seventies, right? Nineteen seventy-seven. There you go. Um, and it was, um, it's like one of the very first sort of queer documentaries. It's, it's sort of rumored to have maybe sort of sparked the Sydney Mardi Gras, um, because people saw it and were really sort of emboldened. I mean, it was already sort of brewing anyway, but it was like, you know, um, quite a celebration of queer lives. And it was, it just features a bunch of different queer people at that time talking about their lives. It's amazing. There's, it features... Harry Hay, who is like a total, he's he um he established the Radical Fairies, um and he was like a very early gay activist, and him and his partner, and his partner is sitting just behind him under a tree, and he never speaks, and it's like maybe he's maybe we're the only ones who can see him, like maybe he's only shown up on the on the camera. Um, that there's an old lesbian in it who looks exactly like Clarence the Angel from. It's a Wonderful Life and <laughs> These are other deep cuts. <laughs> wondrous things. So that's um, that's my quiz. I mean, obviously, also watch Quiz Australia. If you haven't already watched it, you are dead to me, but you can still catch up. <laughs> it's on ABC iView. Um, it, you can't watch it internationally unless you have a VPN, uh, but it's out there. And um, my also also for this week is sports bras. Oh, tell me more. Just in general, sports yeah. bras, right? 
I wear like generally I wear like a Nike sports bra, just like a regular one. And I was thinking about the sports bras as depicted in But I'm a Cheerleader at the beginning. Not a lot of support. Not great. Um, that looks to me like you can get that type from like a a Target type of sports bra. Mm-hmm. Um, but or I, a jersey or something, you know, not yeah. supportive. The cotton. I mean, they it does show up the nipple nicely if you're shooting like a montage of cheerleaders sure. bouncing around. <laughs> yeah. So if that's what you want the sports bar for, go for it. Um, but <laughs> I think Carol does. Like, Carol, you want a sports bra? <laughs> but I, yeah, I wanted to recommend sports bras in general because I only wear sports bras. Sometimes I will wear a binder, um, but uh, I only wear sports bras. And I remember the moment when I was like. Maybe I could just wear sports bras because for so many years, I'm a, a lady with a bigger bosom. For so many years, I was like, I've got to get a bra. You have to get a special, like, you know, oh, well, there's so many, you know, I'm not doing sports. Can I still wear it? And then one day I was like, maybe I'll just wear sports bras. And I remember buying a sports bra going, if I can pull this off, it's going to change my life forever. And that has. Love so that. Hard, hard recommend the sports bra. Uh, you also have another sports bra story that is so good. Oh, I do. Okay, so I was buying my <laughs> Nike sports bras, um, which I... We were at the Grove in LA. Yeah, at the Grove. <laughs> and we were at the Nike store <laughs> buying sports bras. I don't only wear Nike. You can get them from also Bonds, Target. I've got different sports bras for different occasions. Small children do not have to make them. Yeah, or a binder. They're also great as well. Um... And also, if you want to get, if anyone wants to buy a binder, there's a great company, a local company called Sock Draw Heroes. They're like trans owned and they're really, mm. really great for all those sorts of things. Um, but I uh, was buying, at the, we were at the Nike store. I was buying sports bras, had a, my arms full of sports bras, and then, and I was wearing my, uh, one of my favorite shirts at the time, which is a Darlene from Roseanne shirt. And it said Darlene and was just a big picture of Darlene. And then someone behind me went, excuse me, excuse me. And I turned around and it was a, a woman with like big sunglasses, big kind of goggly sunglasses and a hat and a very mucky kind of baby eating, like very, like a baby. It was like really covered in like a lot of very pumpkin-y mess. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's going on? Where's this woman with the baby? And she's going to she, tell you, you can't wear sports bras all the time. Yeah. I was like, I've been caught out. And then she was just like, excuse me, excuse me. And then she just pointed to the woman next to her and it was Sarah Gilbert, <laughs> AKA Darlene. Incredible. And the there woman, she was. The woman was Linda Perry. Was Linda Perry. Stop. And yeah. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Linda Perry's monkey baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Linda Perry made us take a photo. I was like, so we've what? got a photo of Zoe and Sarah Gilbert. Oh my god! So I've seen the photo. the photo. I yeah. didn't know the story. <laughs> and I know like, sports bras were involved. <laughs> yeah, sports bras. So this is again just more recommendation for sports bra. You buy a sports bra. Who knows what lesbian icons you might make? Who knows? They come calling. They yeah. come running when they see a woman. <laughs> I was like, with arms full of sports bras. And I would never have approached her. I would never have like wanted to take a photo. You but never then, would have gone and been like, "Look, no." But shirt. then when Linda Perry's there, go. Gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, like, you have to take a photo. I was like, yeah, I was so overwhelmed, especially by the pumpkin baby. Oh she yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the baby at all. <laughs> so mucky. Um, my also also is another movie about a repressed little Catholic girl who we don't know if Megan's Catholic, but for purposes of this, she is. Um, a repressed little Catholic girl. This movie also came out in 1999 and has a similar kind of 
tone to this that really informed a lot of my comic sensibilities as a child. Um, that movie is Superstar, starring Molly Shannon, so good, Will Ferrell, Elaine Hendricks. Um, it before I ever knew what Saturday Night Live was, this was a favorite film of mine. Mary Catherine Gallagher, her full length feature film debut, um, a movie I could quote top to bottom. Go Every- on. I've <laughs> <laughs> got the time. Uh, every part of it is just a delight to me. And um, my sister, you know, I mentioned Las Culturistas before. My sister has just started listening to the podcast and she texted me recently and said, what's the culture that made you say culture is for you? Which is a question they ask all their guests. And I looked at her text and immediately I was like, Superstar. And she That's said, so good. Yeah, it's of so course. Good. Of course. She Do you knows. like the sketches, the SNL sketches of Mary Catherine Gallagher as well? Yes, but I've only seen them on like the best of Molly Shannon. So I've only seen a few mm. of them because it was before my time and like so hard to find old SNL. Like I, when I, when I went deep into kind of being obsessed with the show in my later teen years, I kind of pirated as many old episodes as I could, but they were all post Molly's years. She came back to host recently and it was a delight. She's so fucking great. She's awesome. And she just released a book as well. Yeah. Hello Molly. Hello Molly. She's a perfect follow on Instagram. She's fun. She's so positive. She is. She really is. And very nostalgic. Yes. Loves her children, Stella and the boy. Um, but yeah, love working with Mike White. Oh my God. Don't we all? Yeah. Jinxie, I told you recently how great of an interviewer Howard Stern is and his Molly Shannon interview is top notch. So good. Yeah. Bale's trying to get me onto Howard Stern. Wow. It's, it's <laughs> shocking, but you'll be happy you watch them. All trust right. me. Okay. I, right. do, I do trust. What's yours? <laughs> um, mine is a listen also uh, because the soundtrack to But I'm a Cheerleader is so good. You know how it, Features so many great bands like Dressy Bessie, Tattletale, April March, St. Etienne. It's so good. It's like an indie pop banger after banger. But if you've listened to that too many times, I suggest that you listen to the album The Last Match by the Islas set. They're an indie pop band from San Francisco. Uh, The album also came out around the same time as um, But I'm a Cheerleader. It came out in May 2000. One of the core members of the Islet set is Linton, who also is in Go Sailor, who had uh, two songs on the But I'm a Cheerleader, a soundtrack. And they were also in um, the band Henry's Dress, which is like same vibe. Anyway, if you're tired of the But I'm a Cheerleader playlist, the last match by the Islet set. It's a perfect album. Uh, before we wrap up, Zoe, where can our listeners follow you if they're not already? Okay, if they're good enough, if they pass the test, <laughs> quality, I, don't any, quantity. I don't want any followers. No, they're good. They're good. But not just ones. any followers. They have to ask you three times. They have to, ask, they have to knock. They have to, you know, they have to find me. It's um, like a good karma group on Facebook. You have to answer trivia questions about your suburb before you get to join. <laughs> yeah, it's like any rescue dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just at Zoe Koonsma on Twitter and Instagram. I am on TikTok, but not really. Yeah, you don't want to be. No. It's also, it's got my algorithm wrong. You have to spend time on it, unfortunately, yeah, to fine-tune that thing. I like to hate watch and it doesn't work on TikTok. <laughs> so I'll be like, oh, my God, this person is so annoying. 
And then I just more, get more, more. every single version of that annoying person. Yeah. Yeah. It's it doesn't work for me. It's you, tragic. Yeah. So <laughs> So yeah, you can you can maybe find me on there. I think I yeah. Uh it's nah, just disappointing. Watch, just watch Bossy Bottom on oh, yeah, Amazon. Yes, yeah, so you can watch my yeah, Amazon Australia. Prime. That's yeah. um check me out there and also uh, on iview for Queer Australia and I'm around about. I do shows sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, guys. I get very nervous when I have to talk about myself, and I feel like I need to acknowledge that. But um, you did great. You were great. You were great. Hey, we were all oh, good. <laughs> We've all passed true directions but, today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am not just a girlfriend of the pod. I am also a fan of the pod. So, returning guest of the pod, the only one. The only one. You yeah. get a medal for that. Mm-hmm. Well done. A little gold star. I really worked hard for it. You know, I think I really earned it. People say it's nepotism, but it's not. <laughs> so he's not a gold star. <laughs> No, I'm not. Stop. Well, after you've done following at Zoe Coombs Ma, you should follow us at See Also Podcast and then pop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a little five-star rating, why don't you? And then leave us a little review because we love to read them. Yeah, what else are you doing? Thank you as always to Samuel Hodge for our artwork, Harvey Sutherland for our theme music. We'll see you next time. Bye. Leave me a good review too. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.